joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ, while fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. Repeat the sounding joy. Repeat, repeat the sounding joy. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of His righteousness and wonders of His love and wonders of His love and wonders, wonders of His love. Amen. <laughs> We're going to continue our study tonight uh, on destiny. Uh, the, I've titled this series, When Destiny Calls. Let me do this just as a refresher, Jeremiah 1.5. The Bible said, uh, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, I, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Now, of course, God in context speaking here to the prophet Jeremiah but you need to understand that God creates no one by happenstance or accident. Everyone has a purpose. Amen. Everyone has a design in mind when God created them. So no matter what uh, your upbringing was like, no matter what the conditions were behind your birthplace or birth experience, it doesn't really matter because if you are alive, God created you for a reason. Amen. And, uh, and the Bible said that it's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So God wants to bless you. And God wants for you to live for him. Amen. And so keep that in mind. Uh, we have, by, in review, let me go through this. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Uh, God has simply put a destination in mind. And it's our job to seek the Lord to find out what it is that he wants us to do. So God has a specific destination in mind, and that's what we call destiny. Momentarily, I will give you another uh, definition for destiny, which I think will be interesting for you as well. Now, how do we respond to destiny's call? We have already covered, number one, how that we need to identify our purpose. Amen. And I specifically said don't determine your purpose. It is your job to figure out what God has in mind. So you seek him. He set it up that way on purpose. You seek him and you shall find him. And then he will help you identify why he put you here. Amen. Secondly, once you understand your purpose, you need to understand your potential. We talked about figuring out the potential that you have and knowing that there's a lot more potential in you than 
maybe perhaps you've ever entertained the idea of. A lot of people don't move forward because they don't see that there's much potential lying within. Uh, but how many of you know that in God's hands, the sky's the limit to what he can do with you, for you, and through you? Amen, church. Third thing we talked about was how that we need to plan our strategy. Once God begins to lay it out for you, it's a good idea to write some things down and hold yourself accountable to what it was that God spoke to you, what it was God that revealed to you, and also go back from time to time and use that as a way to gauge your progress and figure out uh, what worked, what didn't, what needs improving, right? And God will help you through that process. Well, tonight I want to finish up this uh, four-part series, and I want to talk about pursuing your destiny what it means to actually pursue what it is that God has showed you that he wants you to do with your life. Now, here's the uh, other definition that I wanted to give you for destiny. Destiny is what occurs when God's pursuit of you and your pursuit of God have a head-on collision. Amen? Because James chapter, uh, let's see here, what is it? Looking for my note. <laughs> 4 and verse 8 says, draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. What God's looking for is connection. If you draw nigh to him, he draws nigh to you, eventually you're going to connect. And when you connect with your divine creator, that's when life occurs. That's when things get to moving. You want to have a head-on collision with your creator, like Paul the Apostle on the road to Damascus amen he was minding his own business doing his own thing and then he bumped headlong into Jesus and God changed the trajectory not only of Paul's life but the history of the church and the world as we know it through one person who had a divine encounter with God amen and so you want to find that place uh, where God has you I want to say this Jacob Think about Jacob for a minute in the Bible. He thought that he was in pursuit of God, but little did he know that God was in pursuit of him. When Jacob wrestled with God, the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord invited him to let him go. He said, uh, let me go for the day breaks. And I think, it's my personal opinion, that he really was just testing his faith, testing his willpower, testing his hunger. See if he really, how bad did he really want his blessing? How bad did he really want God? And he said, he, he renamed him. Thou shalt be no more called Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou found favor with God and with man and hast prevailed. But ultimately, God and Jacob had been in a wrestling match way before that night. That was just where they came to a head, and Jacob was changed. That, that was his moment of destiny where he discovered that even though he was in pursuit of God, really God was in pursuit of him, right? And a lot of times, we're seeking and thirsting and hungering after God, Sometimes we're wondering where he's at, what is he doing, not realizing that the whole time God planned it that way so that we could have a rendezvous with destiny, so that he would have our hearts and minds prepared for what he really has in mind for us. Amen. 
Sometimes God has to get our undivided attention. And that's what he'll do. So uh, he had Jacob right where he wanted him. And it was a destiny moment. And I want to say this. God will have you right where he wants you. Amen. When God begins to work in your life, when you give yourself over to God, he takes charge. And sometimes he takes you a different course. In fact, most of the time, he takes you a different course for you than what you had for yourself. And a lot of times it takes you down some bumpy roads. But in the end, God knows the destination and he knows the journey that you're going to have to go on to get there, right? And so I want to say this, God will not put it into your lap, but he will place it within your reach. That's my pastor, Bruce Freeman, that said that, and I love that. He, will not play, he may not necessarily place it in your lap, but he will put it within your reach. Will you go after God? We follow hard after the Lord. Amen. I'm talking about pursuing your destiny, finding out what God wants you to do and going after it with all of your might. Amen. So you need to become proactive and pursue and capture what God has for you. You need to go for it with all of your might. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Amen. And so let's talk about this for a few minutes. I want to give you three things that it's going to take to pursue your destiny. Number one, it's going to take extreme focus. You're going to have to stay focused and determined. Amen. And uh, what, what is involved in focus? There are three things that are involved in focus that I want to quickly talk about. The first thing that's involved with focus is direction. Whenever you're focused on uh, finishing your course, you're, you're setting your eyes before you. You're, you're headed in a certain direction. You've got your eye on the prize. Paul said, I press toward the mark. Obviously, hey, he had something, some destination in his line of sight that he was going after. And this provided direction for him. And it took extreme focus not to get distracted. Amen. So, uh, so focus requires direction it involves direction first corinthians chapter 9 and verse 26 said i therefore so run not as uncertainly in other words i'm not just uh I, i'm not just floating around i'm not just aiming for nothing have you ever heard the old adage if you aim for nothing you'll hit it every time amen that's right he said i therefore so run not as uncertainly so fight i not as one that beateth the air. He's saying, uh, I've actually got something in mind here. I've got a target in mind, and that's what I'm going after. So you need direction if you're going to stay focused. Because if you don't have the direction, what are you going to focus on? Well, you, you'll, you'll be a double-minded man, unstable in all of your ways. You'll be wishy-washy, topsy-turvy, amen, uh, yanked about with every wind of doctrine. If you don't get some direction in your life on, and for God's purpose, then you will lose your focus very quickly. But once you lock it in, what you are convinced that God wants you to do, you stay focused on that direction that he has set your course on. The second thing that focus is, involves is distance. It involves distance. And Philippians chapter 3 and verse 14 says, I press toward the mark for the prize. That word press, it implies a hard and determined push. Amen. In other words, Paul is willing to go whatever distance that it takes 
to get to the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So if you're going to stay focused, you're going to have to accept the fact that there's some distance involved. Amen. And, and so your focus has got to endure the distance. Don't get distracted during the journey. Amen. Don't lose focus during the journey. And certainly don't stop short of the goal. Whenever God gives you a destination in mind, you set your focus on it and understand that you need to stay in the direction that God sent you and that it's going to require some distance running. Amen. Uh, you're going to have to develop some endurance because uh, uh, if you think about all the heroes of faith, we could go to Hebrews chapter 11. We could read about many of them who lived their whole life to see God fulfill a promise. And some of them died not having received the promise, but they died believing. In other words, their faith withstood the distance. And some of you think that when God speaks, he must be fixing to do it right here and right now. Not necessarily. He may be setting you on a course that may require 30 years of commitment and focus. Did you hear what I just said? He may be setting you on a course that requires 30 years of commitment and focus or 50 years. Don't ever put a time limit on what God's doing. Be willing to go the distance. That's why young people fall out so easily because they have the attention span of a gnat. Amen. And, and, and they want things and they want them right now. This microwave culture has taught us that we can have everything at our fingertips. But the work of God does not work that way. God is interested in a long-term relationship with you. Can I get an amen? God is interested in you going the distance and waiting patiently on the Lord and letting him work out your salvation. The Bible says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That is, live out what God saved you to accomplish with fear and trembling. In other words, go the distance. Amen. And we need some Christians who will stay focused and committed for the long haul. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to happen overnight. It may take a lifetime. But will you be found serving God on your deathbed? Will you be found still trusting, still believing, still hoping, still accepting, still serving God, no matter how long it takes or if it ever happens at all? Will you go the distance for God? That's what focus requires of you is distance. And then the third thing is discipline. Hebrews chapter 12. And verse 1, the Bible said, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. We preached about that, I believe it was last week. It said, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doeth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Someone once said that discipline, excuse me, someone once said that decisions help you start, but discipline helps you finish. I want you to think about that. You can make a decision in a moment, especially if you're stirred up. And it's easy to get commitments when people's emotions are high. It's easy for people to say, oh, yeah, sign me up. I'm all in. Amen. And they receive the word with joy. But after a while, because of the word, people get offended and they fall out by the wayside. Because it's not as fun in action as it is in decision time. Amen. I mean, you set out, you set on your course, and it looks exciting, it looks great, but then reality hits, and sometimes you're found bearing a cross you never thought you'd have to bear. 
Sometimes you found in hardships you never thought your journey would take you on. The question is, will you be disciplined to follow through on the commitment that you made to Christ? God help us to have some finishers in the house. Amen. It's easy to start something for God, but God give us some disciplined Christians who will finish what they started with God. Amen. And that's, what's, that's what focus requires. The direction, distance, and discipline. But not only does pursuing our destiny uh, require focus, but it also requires a fight. It requires a fight. You're going to have to fight for it. Amen. Let's look at this. Three things. Uh, discouragement. Uh, fighting deals with discouragement. You're going to fight discouragement along the way. And uh, I believe discouragement is dealing with the struggle within you. All right? The, the struggle within. 2 Timothy 2.3 says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And so you need to outlast the hardships. And don't let discouragement win the fight. Fight discouragement. Don't let discouragement defeat you. Amen, church? So fighting involves, deals with, you'll be fighting discouragement. Not only that, but you'll be fighting distractions along the way. We've already touched on a little bit. If discouragement deals with the struggle within you, then distractions deal with the struggle around you. Uh, you remember what Paul said, fighting's without and within? You have a battle around you and you have a battle raging inside of you. You're, you're getting hit from every angle, right? And so there are distractions that you'll have to fight through if you're going to pursue your destiny. What has the devil thrown in your life to throw you off your game lately? What has the devil done to try to get you to, 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 to walk off the beaten path that God's picked out for you? Amen. Happens to church members all the time. God told them to join Washington Heights Baptist Church many years ago. But God never told them to leave, but they left. You reckon if God wanted you to leave, he'd have told you that. Amen. So, I mean, if he told you to join, why wouldn't he tell you it's time to go, right? But what happened? Somebody got distracted. Somebody got discouraged. Amen. They didn't stick through with it. And not realizing that God's not through with his work in their hearts in this church yet. They need to come back home and they need to eliminate the distractions that pull them away from the place that God sent them to serve. Amen, church? 2 Timothy 2, 4 says, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Simply put, God is our master. Jesus is our Lord. He is the one we first answer to. Amen. And we need not allow distractions of this old world pull us from our mission, pull us from our assignment. Because the devil knows how to distract us. Amen. We, uh, we, uh, Bible says we are like sheep. We're prone to wander. It's so easy. You know. Uh, it reminds me of that little. What was that uh, cartoon guys. That y'all watched when you were little. Where that little dog was on there. And, uh, and it would just be talking mid sentence. It would look the other way and say squirrel. You know. <laughs> huh. It was the Up movie. Y'all remember that Up movie? Squirrel. That's what we are. We're going for God all of a sudden. Squirrel. And then we're off the path. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and the devil knows how to put squirrels in your life. 
pull you off. You know, what you got to do is you got to begin to recognize when it's a distraction sent by the devil. Amen. Because sometimes your distractions are disguised as something good. The devil's real tricky. And I'll just labor for this on this point for just a moment and I'll move on. The devil's real good. He packages his distractions in ways that make it look like you're doing the right thing. But don't bite the bait. Amen. Stay focused. Fight through the distraction. And you'll find out after you get through that little cloud of distraction, you'll have the clarity that you had before it ever came. It's just another distraction. Amen. And boy, I could preach a whole sermon on that. And then I say that fights require or involve direct hits. If discouragement is a struggle within, if distraction is a struggle around you, then direct hits is the struggles coming directly at you. You know, you are the enemy's target. You are his goal. His main ambition is to stop you dead in your tracks. He, he has actually come to, if he could, he would steal from you. He would kill you. And he would destroy your legacy. And everything that's, any remnant that's left of you. Satan will completely obliterate you if you get by with it. Amen. And, and you're going to get some direct hits. You're going to have some fiery darts of the wicked to come at you. That's why you have to have the shield of faith, you know, whereby you are able to withstand all the fiery darts of the wicked. Second uh, Timothy 2.9, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even under bonds, but the word of God is not bound. So you're going to suffer some incoming. So be it. Trust God. Serve God. Don't be distracted. Don't be discouraged. Don't let those direct hits put you out of the fight amen fight through it and god will give you overcoming power amen church and so we got to fight and then the last thing i want to talk about is finish finish the course to finish it requires determination it requires dedication and it requires destination let me elaborate just momentarily Determination deals with a made-up mind. Have you made up your mind? Are you settled on serving God? 1 Corinthians 9, 24 says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run that ye may obtain. In other words, if you're going to get in it, get in it to win it. Amen? We're in this thing to make progress. We're in this thing to make a difference. We're not here to play church. We're not here to pretend to be spiritual. We're not here to impress one another. I hope we're not. I hope we're here to gain traction for Jesus and help others get to him. Like one preacher said, we're just beggars telling other beggars how, where, where we found the bread. Amen? And, uh, and I hope that that's what we're about, is just helping people get to Jesus. Understanding that we're here to make a difference. And it's going to take a determined and made-up mind to do that that we're going to do that we're, if we're going to be in this thing we're going to be in it to make a difference and you got to de determine right now you got to make up your mind right now i am going to win don't let the devil tell you convince you that you're going to lose don't let the devil convince you 
that you're not going to make it. Don't let the devil convince you that you're not being effective. The Bible says that we are more than conquerors. So you've got to remind the devil of that. And you've got to remind yourself of that. And you've got to speak to yourself what God has already spoken over you sometimes. And tell yourself, I am going to win. Amen. What did the Bible tell us in, I believe it was 1 John? Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You're going to win if you don't quit. So be determined. But be dedicated. If determination is a made-up mind, then dedication is a sold-out heart. Amen. Where's your heart at? Put your heart into it. Where are, where are the Christians with heart? Amen. I thank God that he's given some people here at our church that have heart, that absolutely love Jesus with every fiber of their being. It is a privilege and an honor to serve God with the likes. Amen. Would to God every Christian had a heart that they really was 110% in the game, so to speak. Amen. Daniel 1.8 said, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. Amen. And it's got to get deeper than the mind. It's stronger than intellectual motivation. It has to get down into your soul. It has to get down into your spirit. It has to be, it has to be what defines why you live and why you exist. Amen. If I don't do anything else with my life, Lord, at least... Help me to do something that will bring honor and glory to the name of Jesus Christ. A determination, a dedication, a sold out heart. Not only should you say to yourself, I am going to win, but you should say to yourself, I am called to win. God didn't put you in this thing to leave you out on the battlefield alone. To not send in reinforcements when you need it. Amen. God will fully equip everything that is needed for you to win your fight. To finish your course. To keep the faith. Amen. It takes determination. It takes dedication. And it takes, ultimately, if you're going to finish, obviously, you're going to have to get to your destination. Your destination is when the intangible becomes tangible that for which you have set out and believe God for in your life that vision that he has called you to that ministry that he has put in your heart to accomplish it may just be an idea right now but it's like a baby kicking in your womb you know it has life to it it's just a matter of time that God's going to enable you to see it come to pass whatever it is just keep believing God for it amen keep stretching for it keep pressing on and keep with a dest with the destination in mind that God is going to see you through all the way to the end and we've uh, already alluded to this uh, the references 2 Timothy 4 7 I have fought a good fight I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, Paul said, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give to me at that day. And this is the best part. Not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Amen. The same crown that Paul won is the crown that you can win. Amen. Isn't that wonderful that there's no big eyes and little using the kingdom of God? 
isn't it wonderful that the first will be last and the last will be first? And you have every bit, of, as, uh, every bit as much a chance to win that crown as Paul the Apostle. That's how significant your ministry can be. And I'm not saying that you're going to write a, uh, the Bible. Obviously, the Bible's already written. I'm not, going to say, I'm not going to necessarily say that you would have the kind of worldwide impact that Paul did. But in the eyes of God, uh, what, the first is last and the last is first. What matters is not that you're a Paul the Apostle, but that you are a you. That you have done what God puts you here to do. No matter what that may look like from the eye, from perspective of man. It may seem insignificant to others, but if it's your calling, nothing could be more significant in your life. Don't worry about what others think. Don't worry about what others say. Find out what God wants you to do and get determined to finish the fight. Amen? And so we should say, I am going to win. We should say, I am called to win. And we should ultimately say, I have won. Amen? That's, that's called finishing right there. And, and I, I'm interested in God enabling us to finish. I, I pray, God, don't let me fall short of your call on my life. Let me finish what you put me here to accomplish. And, and I don't even lay claim to the accomplishing of it. I'm really just accommodating God's will. And he, I'm just really participating in his plan. Amen. But if there's any doing, it's going to be of him. Amen. I can put forth my best efforts and they'll be to no avail if, without the touch and the power of God. Ultimately, what God's looking for are willing vessels. Like empty gloves that only come to life when the hand has slipped in them. God wants you as an empty glove to let him fill your life with his hand so that he can move you whithersoever he will. And use you, and it's ultimately at the end of the day, it won't be you, and it won't be me. It'll be him. But he has chosen to work through the human vessel. So do not deny God his will, his desire to move mightily with you, for you, and through you all the way to the finish line. Somebody say amen right there. When destiny calls... Identify your purpose, understand your potential, plan your strategy, and then by all means, pursue your destiny. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the precious word of God. Help us, Lord, to take these truths to heart. Help us to, uh, to apply them to our lives and however it speaks to us. Help us, Lord, to be willing to hear your voice calling us closer to you calling us out on the water, so to speak. Help us to follow you all the way to the end. In Jesus' name, amen.